It is June 16, 2008. This evening our speaker is Mandy Wakefield. We'll turn this over to her here in just a second. And uh, she's got an encouraging word, but I want to tell you why I asked Mandy to speak. Uh, there's a lot of controversy in the church about whether or not women hold fivefold ministry positions. And if that's not a controversy, another controversy is, well, what is the role of women speaking? Are they allowed to speak? Are they not allowed to speak? How does all of that work? Uh, where I stand with this is that at the top of every chain of authority, there does need to be a male figure. I'm sorry, please don't throw things at me. I think that's biblical. I, I think Paul laid it down. Having said that, anywhere under that chain of authority, as long as somebody else is responsible at the very top, everybody can prophesy, everybody can preach, everybody can heal, everybody can do miracles, everybody can teach, period. That's it. And if we deny that, we cut ourselves off from some very great blessings in the Word and in our lives. And when I met this young lady, I knew there was something unique about her. She came to this state to start a church with us. You know, sometimes I flippantly say, well, Mandy came to be a part of the church. That's only half the truth. She came to help us start it, and we couldn't have done it without her. And when people help start churches and they learn the doctrine of the apostles, how dare we not sit and listen to what they have to preach? She's got a wealth of experience, and I'm excited about that. I want to hear what she has to say, and I encourage you to learn from her. Anybody that has looked on our message board can see that Mandy's usually the first one to put an answer, and I usually have nothing to add to it because she's learned the things that I know better than I know them. It's almost aggravating that she can remember it with such clarity. But I love her. She's like my daughter. I don't know how much time we'll have with her. There may be a day where God moves the seasons, and she moves. But we're not going to let her go until we have to. And in the meantime, we want to glean what we can from her life. Can you all say amen to that? All right, you all stretch forth your hands. I'm going to give her a hug while I pray for her. (laughs) Mighty God, Lord, I lift up Mandy Wakefield before you. Lord, we thank you that Arkansas gave her up. We thank you that Louisiana gave her up, and she found her home here in Texas with us. Jesus, we don't know what we would do without the faithful encouragement of the students that you've sent us. And Lord, as they grow and they mature, we're willing to sit and learn from them. Lord, I pray your divine hand would be upon her, that you would anoint her mind this evening, that all nervousness would fade away, that anything she's anxious about would be placed under feet because you've called her for this purpose. We thank you for it, and we submit to the teaching that comes forth tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Did that without any jokes? I know. I'm proud of you. I was actually going to joke that this is the most Jewish style of teaching because I am on the stage and I'm still lower than you guys. But... <laughs> Had to really work on that one. Okay, so, um, yeah, so tonight, most people know that I, my life is about Pictionary with Jesus, you know. I'm like, Lord, teach me about that. And he's like, okay, the bird, you know, this is the bird, and or the kildee. I learned a lesson about a kildee, and it taught me about Jesus. Um, and so that may seem really silly, but to me, it's like gold. And um, it, it's changed my life. It really has changed my life. Um, and then to learn shadows and types is just, you know, those things just go hand in hand. And so when Jesus taught his parables, every parable was about something that was natural. And um, apparently he hasn't changed any because that's how he teaches me. So tonight I'm going to tell you guys about life, the great challenge. And um, not that I'm old. 
But I have been greatly challenged by life. Um, and thank you, David. <laughs> um, and so one, t- one night not too long ago, I was talking to God about how I felt. And um, sometimes I just say, God, this is how I feel, but I don't really know how I feel. And then I use a picture. I'm like, God, I feel like a puzzle. And then, you know, it just unravels. And I'm like, wow, Jesus, that really works. And that makes sense to me. Um, and so tonight I'm going to teach you about life, the great challenge, and about puzzles. And, and God just gave me so much confirmation uh, this week about this message. And last night I went to HEB to get bananas. And, uh, and, a, and there was a whole bin of puzzles there. And I was like, there's a puzzle. I, I haven't seen, you know, I was like, wow. And so I bought a puzzle. And I brought it tonight. And I, this is the puzzle. Okay. Can anybody tell me what the puzzle is? No, it's a picture. A bird? Nick, it is a bird. <laughs> you have visions. Okay, so it is a bird, but anyway, it's a swan, actually. Um, <laughs> it was like that or a car. But anyway, um, I'm with a bird. And uh, <laughs> and then last night I was studying, and um, and I just randomly go, you know, I'm going to look up the world's largest puzzle. And I did, and um, the world's largest commercial jigsaw puzzle, 24,000 pieces. It's like 14 foot by 9 foot or something, almost as tall as me. And, um, and the puzzle is actually called Life, the Great Challenge. And I was like, huh, how about that? And the artist of the puzzle wrote, said, made two comments, and he doesn't realize it, but he's literally, I mean, this is God's work in him. And, and the puzzle isn't about God, but... The the idea of the puzzle is about God, and that's what I'm going to teach you tonight. But the artist wrote that the challenge in designing the puzzle was to eliminate large areas when no changes take place. Right? That's our lives. God is eliminating in our lives large areas where no change takes place. Um, and then the other thing he says, if you feel intimidated by the time it will take you to do the puzzle, give a thought for the artist who designed and painted the pieces in the first place. Right? So if you think it's complicated to put your life together, God designed it. So every intricacy. Angie likes to remind me that, you know, he puts, like, eyelashes on our eyes. God thought of eyelashes, you know. I mean, different things. And, it's yeah, that's exactly right. So God has a plan for your life. Um, it is his design of life that grows you into completion. Um, he's putting you together. He has considered it fully. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And um, don't complain about how long it takes to put it together. This is what I felt like. I said, God, this is what I feel like. I'm this puzzle, and I don't really know what it is. I see all the pieces, but it doesn't make sense. Um, And I need you to put me together. And um, so, yeah, the puzzle, and, you know, when I started talking to God about the puzzle pieces in my life, I felt like God was showing me the puzzle pieces in my life. And I could see different pieces, and I would get so caught up. On each piece, I'm like, oh, well, that piece and this piece. And I couldn't really see how they how they went together and what that did in my life. And we all have those situations in our life, I'm assuming, um, where we're like, okay, this right here, this cannot be good. I don't know how this works for me. I just want to, let's just throw this piece away. Um, but it's, a, it's completing us. And we're this, right? And if we throw out a piece, we're incomplete. And, and God's goal in our life is to make us complete. So... Whenever uh, one night I was at Stephen Darnell's house and Ashley was putting together a puzzle. And I don't if you've ever put together a puzzle, for me, personally, addictive. 
Like, I worked at a place where we wanted to say the patients were putting together a puzzle, and then we'd be like, putting, oh, yeah, do your exercise, and we'd be putting the puzzle together because it was addictive. We were like, we have to complete this puzzle. And, um, and, at, and Ashley's doing this puzzle, and we probably debated for 30 minutes about whether the picture on the puzzle was real <laughs> or fake. And it was like, no, this is, oh, this cannot be real. And, and it was hilarious. And it was, you know, it was a puzzle. But, but God uses those things to teach me about my life. And I hope to, to make sense to you tonight. But we are purchased as a mess, right? When we come into Christ, if you don't come into Christ, you pretty much stay like this. Um, but when we walk into Christ, He begins to complete us. Um, he begins to put together the pieces, the things that we don't see how they fit. And He begins to complete us. And... God reminded me of this verse, and actually was the verse I sent to um, your uncle. No, yes, your uncle. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. I'm actually going to read it out of the message tonight for you, which is completely different. I know, it's going to throw you off. But it is so good. I was just giddy last night. I was like, ha, ha, ha. It's, it was amazing. So, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before... I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I am doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. God's decree, bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into exile. You can count on it. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. So God has a plan and a design for everybody that is willing to offer up the pieces of their life to him. He has a plan and design. He knew it from the beginning, and he's just waiting for you to offer it up to him, that he can do something with it. Um, I was thinking about, you know, some of the pieces of our life. In my life, personally, there's some pieces that I don't understand. I don't understand how God can take some horrible things and how they can be any good to me. And uh, we realize that God can take our ashes and give us something beautiful. I meant to start off the message by saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good news. I've been saying that over and over and over again to convince myself that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. (laughs) Um, But we've been realizing that, you know, I realized that my dad dying was not a good thing for me, so to speak. And uh, I, I couldn't see how that piece was good. And I couldn't realize how that could fit into my life and God could make something beautiful out of it. But I tell you that he has. Um, I haven't been able to fit the pieces of my life together very well. And, but if you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, it says that the Spirit will teach us all things. When we open up a puzzle box, all the pieces are spilled out on the table. Most of them, maybe half of them, are turned over upside down. We can't even see them. When we walk into Christ, the Spirit starts illuminating those things. He starts taking those pieces and turning them over so we can see what they are. But He never intended for us to focus so much on each piece that we miss the bigger picture. Thanks, Eric. When I get nervous, my mouth gets dry. Um... So, in 2 Corinthians 10, 9 through 10, you can turn there if you want. All right, 2 Corinthians 
10, 9 through 10. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So we're seeing the colors of the pieces when we turn into Christ. We have no idea how they fit. Each smaller picture seems insignificant. Or just doesn't look like it's going to make sense at the time. There was a time in my life when I had no job. My identity was stolen and I had no money. (laughs) And I really was at the point of, yep, pretty much not going to be able to do this, Lord. (laughs) And a good friend of mine said, yes, you can. And I was like, nope. You can't do it. Yeah, you, you can. And now, looking back, I can see the benefit and the blessing in that. And uh, I'll be honest, I wouldn't trade it. I would not take take back that, you know, Joe Blow has my money somewhere and that's okay with me. Um, and my employer, you know, made a bad decision and that's okay with me. That's okay with me because I was blessed. And I was sent to a place that I never wanted to be. It felt like exile. And, um, and I was completely blessed and it changed my life and I met somebody I met a friend there uh, her name is Shannon that I wouldn't trade in for the world I would not have met her had I not gone through that situation and so I can see how that pick how those pieces fit into my life but I can assure you at the time I was focused on those pieces and I was like they need to burn (laughs) I don't want them (laughs) let's just you know flush them down the toilet um so it's not until it fits into the bigger picture that we can actually give glory to God. You know, we sing. It's funny. Matt had no idea what I was going to be speaking on tonight. And uh, two of the songs, I was just laughing because it's true. We bless him when the sun's shining on us or when we're in the desert. We bless him because either way, it's going to work out for us. Um, and the other thing that we sing is uh, making everything glorious. It is hard for me to think that everything glorious, what does that mean about me? What does that mean about you guys? That means that you're glorious. That means that God takes what is just a mess, and he makes something beautiful out of it. <clears throat> when I was talking to God about the puzzle of my life, my goal was, Lord, I want to know what the vision is for my life, because I think I have it, but I don't feel like I have it. It's not all working out for me. Um, Proverbs, and I kept thinking of this verse about where the where the people have no vision, they perish. And for the life of me, every time I tried to find it, I couldn't. It was I don't know why. Um, but in any case, I finally found it last night. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I knew it was in Proverbs. And I had just talked to Eric about it previously, and I thought I was losing my mind, but it was there. Um, And tonight, I'm going to read it to you out of the message again, because it blessed me. And I've never read the message personally, and probably some of the verses I might not uh, like better than NIV, but tonight, I think it will bless you. Proverbs 29.18 says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And um, when I was, again, back to the puzzle of the pieces, the you know, when you start a puzzle, the way I start a puzzle is to find all the pieces with a straight edge, right? And then you put the border together, and then you start filling in the puzzle. Well, <laughs> that's the way people who, you know, struggle really do it. Um, so it's difficult if we don't start by laying out the border work, the framework, right? Which is Christ. When we get born again... God puts out a standard for us, and he says, here's your framework, Now I'm going to fill it in for you. Um, Romans 8, 29 through 30, uh, you can turn there. I think this is NIV. No, it's not NIV, but go ahead and turn there. <laughs> there. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset 
to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of the Son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had began. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. He has laid out a standard of perseverance. And that I'm not designed for speed. I'm designed to walk it out slowly with heavier burdens. Um, some people are designed for speed. Some people are racehorses and are racing forward. And some people are slower and and God uses all those things. I'm never supposed to reflect a racehorse. How silly would it be if a donkey got in a, went to, you know, Sam Houston Parkway and tried to race? It would be silly, pretty silly. Um, but it wouldn't be silly if you saw a donkey hauling a heavy load up a steep mountain that, you know, it didn't make sense for that donkey to make it, and yet that donkey made it. So I stand before you a donkey. God uses donkeys to speak. In Numbers 22, you can read it. Um, <laughs> And that donkey was a girl. Just keep that in mind. That donkey was a girl. <laughs> so, yeah, so my life has some places in it that seem to be empty. For me, personally, I have some desires, some spaces, some pieces of my puzzle seem to be missing in my own eyes. Um, obviously, a husband. I'm going to post that on the Internet. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, I, you know, we're looking for those place, those pieces that fit in, and they don't, and so we try to force them in, right? I mean, I've done that with a puzzle. I'm like, this piece definitely fits here. It does. And, like, the, you know, it's all bent up and stuff. And that's the thing in our life. We have all those pieces, and people see it. They see it. We can try to hide it. You know, we can say they can't see that this puzzle piece doesn't fit in my life. People see that. Uh, you know, we're not doing ourselves any good to try and pretend that they are um, are forced in there. Um, so we we can't force them in. We have to allow God to piece them in, reveal them to us, and then put them in the way that they're supposed to go. Um, and if you throw out the pieces that you don't like, the memories that hurt you, the things someone said that they shouldn't have said, your picture's incomplete. Um, if we deny things that happen, mistakes we've made, mistakes other people have made, <clears throat> then our picture is incomplete. I'm reading a book, and the guy says, um, <clears throat> what you deny cannot be healed. As long as you're in denial, you can't be healed. If you don't want to accept what is, you can't be healed. Um, and, and if we deny those things, then we're deni- denying part of the puzzle and, and the things that God is trying to use in our lives to make us complete. Every piece serves to develop our character. <clears throat> I get caught up on the the whole being perfect thing. I like I would love to be perfect. I mean, that would be like my goal to be perfect, meaning without flaw. Um, but I'm not, as you all know. And um, but God's been teaching me that I need to focus on being complete in Him, being complete, working on being complete, and not on um, being uh, perfect. Um, he would much rather me uh, try to do something that He teaches me to do than try not to do it for the sake of messing up. And so that's a hard lesson for me, but I'm learning. <clears throat> James 1, 2 through 7. If you want to turn there, you may. I'm going to read out of the message. I know. I'm telling you, the message had this, for this, for this, particular, for this particular message, the message seemed to be good. 
Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way, adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. You know, if this doesn't work out for me, I know God told me to do it, but if it doesn't, I'm going to have plan B over here. I'm going to have this these pieces that I can shove into that space. I mean, they'll cover it up. At least people won't see the holes in my life. You know, there'll, there'll be something there. Um, <clears throat> we can't keep certain pieces hidden. You know, I said that the Spirit makes, you know, brings things to light. The darkness is made light. We can't keep things hidden in our lives. We want to hide certain pieces, the ones we don't like, the ones we don't want people to see, um, the ones we don't want people to know about us. But in hiding those, we miss out on the fact that we are we belong to God and that we are who we are and that we are his children. Amen. Love you guys. Matt and Cass. <laughs> um when we get caught up in our troubles, we miss the bigger picture. And we have to trust that God can use the piece of work and good for our completion. And that's what James is saying. And when you read that, and I'll actually read that for you in NIV, because you'll know it as soon as I speak it. <clears throat> Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must not doubt. I mean, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. You know, God is the potter and we are the clay. The clay should not be telling the potter, hey, you ain't doing a good job here. You know, I'm missing this handle. This is, you know, I wanted it to cascade more at the top. Um, I needed a little design right out here in the front. You know, that's not the way it works. He's the potter. We are the clay. And he has to mold us and make us mature and complete. Uh, it's impossible without him to be that way. And he doesn't discount the things in our lives that we want to discount. You know, we know if I started the verse in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Everybody can say that um, verse. And I'm going to, guess what? I'm going to read it out of the message. <laughs> I think it's the message. I didn't put a little mark there, but I'm pretty sure it is. Romans 8, 26 to 28. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition. I'm not pregnant, but you get it. And keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. 
That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. One time I was, like I said, God speaks to me in pictures. It's Pictionary. And I was getting on the treadmill at the gym. And sometimes I set the clock, right, because I want to run a certain amount of minutes and the clock will stop. And sometimes I just get on and run and don't set the clock. But then you have to look at the clock or you'll just be running forever. Nobody wants to do that. And then I always cover up the clock because I don't actually want to see the clock while I'm running because um, that just makes it painful. <laughs> and so God showed me one day at the gym. You know, I'm in the gym, and I probably seem crazy at times because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get it. And, then, you know, nobody's around me. <laughs> I'm like, God, God's talking to me. You know, like, yeah, right. Um, and so, he, you know, God showed me that he is a timekeeper. Uh, this morning I was listening to the song about um, he's the begin. you know, he holds time in his hands. Right, we know he's the Alpha and Omega, and that he holds time in his hands. And he was showing me that um, there's some things in my life that I'm waiting for, and I think the clock's counting up, and I'm just like, Lord, I'm like, you know, I'm covering it with a towel because I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. It's taking a long time. I'm like, Lord, I don't think the treadmill counts that high. And um, and God was showing me that He's a timekeeper, and that He has certain times set for us, and um, and that we can get on and trust. We can get on that treadmill and trust and, and run knowing we don't have to keep looking at the clock because we know that it's coming to an end. The master knows. When I get on the treadmill, I don't have to keep looking at the clock if I set the clock. Eventually, the clock's going to stop, right? And it, the treadmill will stop, hopefully. Um, and I have to trust that. I can trust a treadmill. I can trust a treadmill clock to stop when I, when I set it accordingly. Don't you think I can trust God who keeps time? Accordingly to that, I mean, he, he, I can trust that God has time set for me and that he's working those things out. Amen. On that note, Psalm 37 teaches us this. From the message. I don't want to say it, but from the message. No, amplified. It's the amplified. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness. And truly you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. And he will make your uprightness and right standing with God go forth as the light, and your justice and right as the shining sun of the noonday. You know, when we don't see those pieces going together, you know, when I started following God, I said, you know, Jesus, I had some dreams. Here they are, Lord. I haven't been able to put them together yet. And um, and then God said, you know, I've got dreams for you. I have desires for you. I have a vision for your life. I have good things that I want to give to you. And he knows the desires of our heart. And that I'm always like, do you, do you really know the desires of my heart, Lord? And he does. And And it doesn't even challenge him. You know, if your kid said, hey, you know, what do you want for your birthday? I want a pony. And you're like, ah, that's the desire of their heart. And you're like, okay, that's a challenge for you, right? I mean, I don't know. If you, Hey, guys, if you can buy a pony, you need to be tithing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, God knows the desires of your heart, and he's not even challenged by them. You can dream as big as you possibly want to dream, and God can make those dreams come true. I was I read a, a daily devotional by Joyce Meyer, and she says, uh, you know, she would hate to ask God 
for too little and just get that. She would much rather ask him for way too much and get less than that. And um, I think in our lives we can take an opportunity to pray big and to believe big that God has bigger things for us than just, you know, well, I'm just an occupational therapist, Lord. You know, I'm an owner of two dogs. You know, I mean, God is big. He can say, okay, well, you're a housewife. Great. You're a mom. Great. I can do something with that. I can give you bigger dreams. I can give you a house. I can give you a job. Right? I can give you all those things that you think that will never come to pass. I can do all those things, and it's not even hard. It's not even hard for me. It's easy. I own everything. The cattle on a thousand hills, they're all mine. Right? So we need to be in the act of dreaming big and giving God our pieces so that he can form them into something beautiful. Um, when they don't fit together, when the pieces don't fit together, um, we give up some of our dreams. We think the pieces aren't in the bag. We're like, yeah, I must not be in there. Guess that's just not gonna. That's just not how it works for me. God just doesn't. He just doesn't care for me the way He does for John. Um, you know, but it's amazing to me that God has. You know, we're all His children, and He loves us, and He knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves, and better than you and I know each other. And He's like, yeah, no, they're mine. That's my kid. And um, and that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty awesome place to be. And, you know, Abba's arms, who's like, yeah, this is my kid. I'm proud of him. I love them. You know, there's nothing more priceless to me. Right? Um, And also, we don't want to have this idea that we have it all together when we really don't. Right? I really, you know, I would love for you guys to think I have it all together. (laughs) Mandy's puzzle just fits so nicely together. She just has it all going for her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if only my dogs could talk, right? <laughs> Praise God. Um, you know, but we don't have it all together. And, it's it, you know, we don't need to put on a facade and dance around with our puzzle pieces like, look, look at me, I've got it all together. And, you know, because we really don't. Our Some of our pieces are fit in and they're bent. You know, they've been trampled on, they've been tossed in the water. Um, people have stepped on them. Um, and so, you know, it's okay, though. It is okay. It has made us who we are. God is using it in each and every one of our lives. It may be using it so that we don't do that to somebody else, right? So we don't treat somebody else that way. We can have compassion and see that it doesn't feel very well. Um, and then also, when we see the gaps in other people's lives, we can also extend grace and compassion, right? We can say, yeah, I don't have it together. See, look, see, I have this big hole in my puzzle. Um, you know, it's not all together, and, and we can um, extend that mercy to each other. And finally, in the Amplified Version, Philippians 1.6 says that, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. The end result is another picture for me. It's called the photo mosaic. And uh, I, I don't... Never mind. Um, we had, well, I'm not kidding. It's the pictures, um, it's the photos that are made up of a whole bunch of little pictures. And so that when you back off, it's a picture, but when you look really close, it's just a whole bunch of little pictures. I was actually going to show you one. It's pretty cool, but I haven't been able to see if I'm Oh, yeah, it's on. I see it. It's coming up. Um, and so that's that's what we are. God uses all those little tiles, all those little pieces to make up your portrait. And, you know, I would have loved to have one of myself, 
but I've avoided cameras. I've avoided cameras for like seven years now. So I don't have, you know, you have to have a certain number of photos, and that was impossible in my life. But now, if you want to take a picture of me, 2008, it's not too late. All right, here you go. Okay, so whenever you zoom in, though, they have one of Jesus too, but I just love this one. The pictures are cool. It's going to get clear. So you can see that the pictures up here, you can actually see that those are actual photographs of whatever it is. All those pictures are. And then when we back off, right, so that's the pictures of our lives. If we had, every, if we took a snapshot of every day, of every minute, of every second in our lives, then we would be seeing that God has made us into who we are when we step back and look at this bigger picture, right? Life, the great challenge. Um, yeah, so we don't want to put an emphasis on the small piece, right? What would be the point of putting an emphasis on the small piece other than if it weren't there, this picture would not be complete. We want to put a big a emphasis on who the big picture is and who God has called us to be um, and let him complete the good work that he has began in us. Kind of fun watching her do this, huh? I'm going to speak in your mic. I can't speak in your mic like I can Gabe's one. Isn't that a good word? Yeah. really is. I heard a message in 1993 that this... Uh, Reminds me of a guy named Larry Stockstill in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Said when you get robbed and beaten with a baseball bat at first glance, that may look like it's a horrible event. But when you back off and get God's view, the eternal perspective of your life, you're still blessed. He said, so I've made it my goal that even if I'm beat into a greasy little spot on the ground, to consider it a blessing. I believe that's what Mandy just taught us. One of the things I love about what she's taught is I also have got a chance to watch her live it. You know, there is nothing harder than hoping for things that you just see faintly in the distance, and yet that's what our Christian faith is about, is trusting that what we don't quite see is real and substantive. Isn't that awesome? You want to hear more from her sometime? Yeah, how about that? Let's pray for her one more time. We'll close. Y'all stand to your feet.